Welcome. You're listening to Pacific Bible Church Podcast, hosted by Pastor Vern Frank. So we are in a series titled Authentic Faith. And uh, I've had a blast learning this, teaching this, growing in this. And uh, what we're doing in this is basically gauging whether we have authentic faith. And because and, and, uh, Paul said to judge ourselves lest we be judged. And that goes right in what we we're just, just talking about, you know, that we'll get stand before Jesus and hear that well done. Well done, right? Well, we're not going to hear well done unless we're judging ourselves. I guarantee you that. And we're, we're looking at our life and saying, you know what? I, 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 I haven't done this for the Lord. The Lord said do this. I haven't done this. So whatever that is in our life, and we've been discussing all kinds of different subjects, which we're going to review real quick. But once we find out there's something in our life we need to correct, then we need to make the correction. Amen. We need to make the correction. If we don't make the correction, we don't end up in the right place. Just like an airplane. If it's off a few degrees, it's not going to end up where they were headed. They're going to end up in a different place. So we need to make the corrections to end up in the right place. And the first week, I think, was probably one of the most, maybe the most important message out of this series so far, is we have to worship the real Jesus. Because there is a false and fluffy Jesus out there that is preached. It's not the real Jesus. So if we're following the fake Jesus, we're not, we don't have authentic faith. Hello? The real Jesus is God. We talked about that at Christmas Eve, remember? We emphasized over and over how Jesus is God, Emmanuel. He's always been. It's not like Jesus just showed up on the scene at Christmas, at his birth, right? He has been forever. He just showed up in the form of a man. So when we're worshiping Jesus, we're worshiping God. And we need to treat him as God. We need to honor him as God, as Lord, as King. Not, not a fluffy Jesus. Come on. Jesus is full of love. Absolutely. Jesus is loving, the most love you could possibly find. That's why we read it all the time. That you may experience the love of God, the love of Christ. Right? We can experience his love in great measures, in great ways, in many different ways we can experience his love. But he is also the, per, the same man who flipped over the tables in the temple. Yeah. That's still Jesus. And a lot of people do not want to talk about that Jesus. They do not want to talk about Jesus who flips over tables. They only want to talk about the Jesus who is full of love. Well, we should talk about the Jesus who is love. God is love, right? God is full of love. But he has, he has many corrections to give us along our path of life. Many, many, many corrections to give us. So just as a father and a mother in a family correct their children, hello, he corrects us, and, if, and that's actually love. That's actually discipline, which is good. And in fact, Hebrews says, if you're not disciplined by the Lord, you're not even his. You don't even belong to him. You're not his child. So discipline is excellent. And really, that's what a lot we're talking about in this series, right? But Jesus will discipline us. And if necessary, he will raise his voice. Again, people, well, Jesus, he's just he's so soft little Jesus. He's so, he's so cute. Like, like the dog back there, right? Don's dog, he's so cute. He's so cute. 
That's how they, a lot of people treat Jesus. Well, he's just so cute. <laughs> well, I, I think Jesus is cute when we see him in some fashion, right? He is king of kings. He, of Lord, he is filled with the glory. He's glorious, right? But he can also say, stop that. And if we go, eh, I don't really care what you're talking about. That's not authentic faith. <laughs> Hello? Oh, come on now. We're going somewhere today. Watch out. The second week, we talked about our words. Authentic Christianity has a change of words. Come on. God moves on the inside of us. He's going to be saying, we don't say that anymore. We don't talk like that anymore. <laughs> and he will also help us bless others with our words. Amen. He'll give us the right words to speak like he is today. He's going to give us the right words. The third week, we talked about the ecclesia, which is uh, the meeting of the body, which is the church. And when you see church in the New Testament, often we just think of a building. It's the assembly of the body. Wherever the body is assembled, the church is coming to the assembly, the ecclesia. And, and, and we see throughout the book of Acts uh, and through Revelation, well, throughout the whole New Testament, right? Basically, you see people coming together in cities. The church at Corinth, the church at uh, Philippi, right? The, the church at Smyrna, the church at Laodicea. All these places, there was a, a church in the, which was the meeting of the body. And the meeting of the body had, had spiritual leadership, A lot of people don't like that anymore either. But I'll tell you what, the authentic Christian runs to the body. I, I, I ran to church, right, when I got saved. Now, you might not end up at the right church immediately. I, I, I was kind of in a lukewarmy church, and I'm like, this, this is on fire for me. I, I, need, I need more. Hello? But I ran to church because I wanted to be with the body when I got saved at 19 years old. The fourth week, we looked at the praise gauge, right? Authentic Christians, we, we are praising God. We are praising God. We know what's been done on the inside of us. We know how God has saved us. We know what God has done for us. And we can't but help lift our voice in praise, right? The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. We will praise God as authentic believers, amen? When I go into church and there's not praise going on, I'm like, what's happening here? I immediately like, oh, I don't know what's going on here, but it's not, not, not church. And I don't know who's authentic in here, but how comes no one praising God? It's like Smith Wigglesworth. We, we, just got his, we got one of his books. It's a compilation of his sermons. Amazing man of faith. But I remember the story he, he told. He went into the prison to minister to the prisoners. And, and he was in there in the cafeteria. They were going to eat together. And they were all getting their their food, you know, from the, I'm sure it was, you know, go, get in line, get your food. And he, he was getting his food and everybody was sitting down, starting to eat their food and he was getting his food and he turned around and no one was giving thanks. So he said, I notice no one's giving thanks in here. Let's give thanks to God in here. The prisoners dropped their forks and spoons and started giving thanks. <laughs> Amen. I think that Christianity going to have some praise on Come on now. That's authentic. If you walk into church and there's no praise, you, oh, something's happening here. I don't know what's happening here. Come on now. What do we look at next? We looked at the importance of giving the fifth week. You know, I, I said, 
and I believe it with all my heart, authentic Christianity will support the preaching of the gospel. Don't tell me you love Jesus with all your heart and you don't even care about the preaching of the gospel. I said, never marry someone who does not support the preaching of the gospel. <laughs> Why? Because Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is. If someone is not caring about the preaching of the gospel, they don't care about Jesus. And if you're a Christian, remember, Paul said, don't, don't marry an unbeliever. He said, only stay with believers when you're, when you're born again. Now, sometimes people get saved and in marriage, within marriage, they're already married. And then Paul says, stay in that marriage and be a light to them. Be a light and win, win them over. Right. That's a whole different thing. But if you're, if you're seeking to marry someone, uh, 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 wait until you find the right one, the one that's on fire for Jesus. And then a lot of times they can say they're on fire for Jesus. But if you say, uh, give me your last five years of your giving statements and they can't produce them, you say, yeah, you're not on fire for Jesus. <laughs> you got a big mouth, but yeah, you're, you're not on fire for Jesus. Don't, yeah. No. No. Hello. Another way, another, another good indicator is they're, they're, they're part of a body of believers and they're serving. Man, you, you find someone who's actually serving God and actually giving to the gospel, you might be on the right track for marriage. <laughs> oh boy, he's already preaching, watch out. The sixth week, it was Christmas Day and we, we talked about real hope, right? There is authentic hope in Christianity. Authentic hope. A lot of the world thinks they have hope. They have no hope. And that's what the Bible says. They were without hope. You once were without hope and without God in this world. There are millions of people, right, who have really have no hope. Although they have a hope, they, their hope is false, right? It's false. So we're talking about authentic, right? Their hope is false. They believe that somehow, some way, the, the leaders of this world, the political leaders, whoever kind of leaders are going to come together and have peace. And it will never happen. The only real hope is found in Jesus, and he is the Prince of Peace, and that is the only way anybody will ever have real, true peace. The revelation is very clear that, that, that this world is going down. That's why God has to make new heavens and new earth. <laughs> this, this earth is not going to continue much longer. But as a Christian, we have real authentic hope because we're going to be with Jesus, with our great God forever. And as I said, even in that message, if we're martyred for Jesus, big deal. We get to go home and be home, be home with Jesus. People are so worried about this temporary earth. Huh? Paul, Paul said, I desire to depart, but it's better I stay here with you. Hello? Why? He knew it was, and he said, it's far better to depart and be with Jesus. Far better. But he said, I'm going to stay here so I can help you. Amen? Amen? Come on. But without Jesus, there is no hope for anybody on this earth. There is no hope. But thank God we have real authentic hope. Last week, we talked about burning hot for Jesus. Woo! Are you burning hot? I got a few yeses out there. Are you burning hot? Yeah. Hey, there we go. Right there, right there. Come on. The wise virgins, what, had their lamps full of oil and Jesus returned and they went to be with Jesus. The foolish virgins were not ready and they said, wait, 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 we got to get ready. Oh, don't, don't be on that, don't be on that train. Amen. 
Don't be on the train that says, I, I'm not quite ready yet. Woo! No, you got to be burning hot for him. You got to be burning hot for Jesus, madly in love with Jesus. Amen? Amen. That's authentic Christianity. Now, we're going we're gonna to try and head back in here. Hebrews 2, 3. We're just going to look at verse 3. We've been looking at a, a 2, 3, 4, 5, someone like that. But we're just going to look at verse 3 here. Hebrews 2, 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? So the things of God should not be neglected. And if we, you've been here, you know that means literally means made light of. Make light of. If we want to escape judgment, we don't make light of God's word. We don't make light of what he did for us. We don't make light of anything. Come on. Of anything God said. Of anything in here. We don't make light of any of it. Amen? Amen. Come on. Many people sit in churches today. Don't really care what this is. Right? I told you the stat. I just heard 49% of evangelical Christians now believe this is the word of God. 49% of evangelical Christians, that's us, the ones who go out and actually try to win someone for Jesus, believe that this is actually the word of God. 100%. Right? So, so many, many, many people that sit in churches don't really care about what Jesus said. They don't really care. You can, I've talked to many of them. I'm like, but, 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 but. And they continue right down their track. And they keep saying the same thing. And I'm like, eh, eh, eh. you want another scripture? You want another one? You want another one? You want another one? You want another one? Ugh. No, the things of God should be heavy to us. If we are authentic, if we are authentic, the things of God are heavy. We should care, we could, should, we should care greatly what he said in here. It should be heavy. So today we're going to look at another heavy subject. You ready for this? <laughs> the title today is Does Sin Matter? Does sin matter? Well, sin, if you've never heard the word or defined the word, it's, it's missing the mark of God. Right? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All. All have sinned and all have missed the mark. Right? There is a perfect mark of God. There is a bullseye. Just like the archer shoots the arrow and it goes in the bullseye. That's perfect, right? You get there, you get the perfect, right? Perfect. Uh, well, there is a bullseye to hit. Amen? That sin is defined as missing the bullseye. Well, part of our service to God is to not sin. I know that's not taught much anymore, but here we go. Romans 12.1. Romans 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Come on. It's just reasonable to present your body to God as a living sacrifice. Come on. Live a holy life. Live a pure life. Keep our bodies on the altar, right? Sacrifice. It's on the altar. What does that mean? I, I, we don't obey the lust of the flesh. And that can go in a lot of different directions, can it? Yeah. That means we avoid sin. 
Sin still matters to God, right? Many church-going people don't think it matters to God anymore. Many church-going people think God ignores sin. <laughs> he just ignores it. M many people in churches think they can sin all they want. Why? Because of grace. Well, let's look at Romans 6, 1 and 2. Romans 6, 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Did I say we're supposed to stop sinning? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Notice we're not to abuse the grace of God. When we abuse, we abuse the grace of God when we say sin doesn't really matter. No, the gift of grace is precious. If, if we don't have grace here today, we're dead. The only reason you're still breathing today is because of the grace of God. It's very, very precious. And so we don't want to abuse the grace of God. It's not to be taken advantage of. Hello? We should be seeking to get out of sin immediately, right? If we find we're in sin, we find out something is sin, we don't say, eh, someday I'm going to get out of this. No, we get out of it now. Hello? We leave it behind immediately, right? Just like Joseph when, when he was uh, attacked by Potiphar's wife and, and, and she was going to frame him for rape. And, and, and she grabs his cloak as he runs away. And then she still framed him, right? Because he like, Joseph attacked me. Joseph attacked me. I got his coat. Prove it. Framed him. He went to prison, right? No, he ran away from sin. Hello? He didn't stick around to fall into it, did he? So many times Christians stay involved in sin, but that is not the right way. That is not righteousness. What are we supposed to be doing? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That means the right way of doing things. We seek his way, and when we find his way, we say, yes, I want that. I want to live the holy life, Father. I want to live the pure life, Father. I want to live how you want me to live, Father. I want to hit the bullseye, Father. Amen? Yeah. Come on. Look at 1 John 3, 6. 1 John 3, 6. Whoever abides in him, who? Jesus. If you're in Christ today, whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Well, a lot of people get really confused there because <laughs> they say, well, you know, last night I told a lie. What? That literally says continue in sin. Look it up. It's the uh, Greek tense, continue. You, you actually find that in some translations. It says, he who continues in sin. We don't continue in sin. Hello? We don't continue in sin as an authentic Christian. What do we do? We turn away from sin. Come on. We stay far away from sin. Right? 
We don't see how close we can get to the devil. Right? We don't see how close we can get to hell without falling in hell. It's like we talked, I talked to Purity on Youth Group on Wednesday, Tuesday. We had the special Tuesday. I talked about purity and I talked about the fence, right? We, we had the fence, right? But this is the fence. And a lot of people say, well, I'm on the fence. I'm not quite ready to go be a Jesus freak. But I really, you know, I understand the devil's evil. I don't really want to be on his story, so I'm kind of on the fence. There's a story, which I, I should have looked it up. We talked about youth group, but there's, a, there's actually like a, a parable about that. Uh, on the, the devil comes along at the end of that story, and the guy's still on the fence, and, and everybody on this side left to be with Jesus, and the guy on the fence says, but I'm on the fence. And the devil says, well, I own the fence. And he goes to hell with the devil because he was on the fence. So we don't want to remain on the fence and say, well, you know, this sin, this sin really isn't that bad. Hmm. We're going to go there. We're going to go there. <laughs> Come on. Continuing in sin shows we don't know God. Whoever continues in sin has neither seen him nor known him. You get that? Come on. A continuing in sin is a sign of fake faith. What are we talking about? We're talking about authentic faith. Continuing in sin is a sign that we don't know who we say we know. Right? I've talked to people. They're like, well, you know, I love Jesus. I love God. I love, 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 love. And then I'm like, but why are you still doing this? Well, I'm working on it. You're working on it. How long are you going to work on that? 10 years? 20 years? 30 years? 40 years? Come on. Whoever continues in sin has neither seen him nor known him. Is that plain or is that plain? Pretty plain? You can't get more plain. <laughs> you can't get more plain. You see where we're going? Is this heavy yet? It's going to get heavier. <laughs> you like the heavy stuff, right? I, I saw the youth on, 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 on Wednesday or Tuesday. I keep saying Wednesday because it's always Wednesday. I was, I was saying, I just came out. I said, you, you want the real stuff, don't you? You want the real deal, don't you? Or do you want some fake stuff? Do you want the, do you want the lukewarm junk? Do you want the mushy mush? Or do you want the real stuff? This is real. And this is very, very, very important stuff right here. Revelation 21, verses 7 and 8. The one who conquers, and the King James, I believe, says the one who overcomes. I like, I like that probably a little better. But the one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. That's good right there, isn't it? Is that plain? What are we going to conquer? What are we going to overcome? Look at verse 8. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers. Most people say, well, I'm not, I'm not a murderer. Then read the next one. The sexually immoral. Hello? Sorcerers. 
idolaters. He said, I'm not an idolater. Oh, don't be so sure. We talked about that in the, in the giving message. People that have money rules their life and they serve money. It's like you serve God or money. God, Jesus said you can't serve both. You can't serve both, right? Many people idolize their money. And all liars. Ooh. Well, it's just a white lie. It doesn't matter. I just, I just lie because, you know, it's at work. And, and if I don't lie, then I don't get the raise. Ooh. What does he say after that? Their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. I just had someone on Facebook the other day. They said, they said it. I was like, what Bible are you reading? They said, and in the Christian, there is no such thing as hell. God, would, God is a God of love and he would never send anyone to hell. I had just been studying. I'm like, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur? The second death? Really, really, you know, you can look at it this way. God doesn't really send people to hell. They chose in hell. They rejected the answer. They rejected God. They rejected everything, right? In Romans, it tells us no one, everyone is without excuse just because of creation. Romans 1 says everyone is without excuse. No one has an excuse. When they stand before God, they have no excuse they can offer to God. Because he'll say, uh, you lived in my world that I created and you looked up at those stars, you looked up at the moon, you looked up at the sun, and you said that just happened? Nope, nope, nope. I know your heart. And you knew that didn't just happen. And yet you wouldn't look to me. Hello? Liar? What does it say? Liars, right? That's a liar right there. Come on now. Tell me you don't believe in God, you're a liar. But notice this list, right? Unholy acts, immoral acts, sinful acts. What do we have to do? We have to overcome. The one who overcomes, the one who conquers, the one who conquers, God says, I will be his God and he'll be my son. The one who overcomes, the one who conquers. Hello? Come on. We're not supposed to live however we want as a Christian, right? Well, this is just how I want to live. This is just what I like to do. This is what I like. Come on. We're supposed to be living sacrifices. Amen? Many today think they can do whatever they want and make heaven. Well, uh, read your Bible. The Word of God does not say that. We can't even cover half of it today. We can't even cover a quarter, a quarter of it today. Plug that in a little tighter, maybe. Oh, oh, I might have switched mics. The Word of God doesn't say that, does it? The Word of God is very clear. We still need to live a life that pleases God. We live a holy and pure life before Him. Now, let's look at this. Let's look at this a little further. 1 Corinthians 5. One through five, you, you, you may or may not have heard this story before. If you haven't read 
1 Corinthians, uh, I highly suggest reading, of course, the whole Bible. Uh, focus on the New Testament. Read it again and again and again and again and again. Amen. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 1. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. Right? He's writing to the church at Corinth, like we just talked about. There was a church in Corinth, a meeting of the body. And such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles... That a man has his father's wife. And you are puffed up. And have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from, away from among you. Away, right? Away. Oh boy. For I indeed, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present him who has done, who has so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. That's pretty plain. <laughs> so just pulling a couple thoughts out of here. The church at Corinth seems to be happy about sin in the body. Puffed up, it literally means arrogant. They're arrogant. And Paul is like, no, no, you need to be in mourning over this. This is not good. He says you should be in mourning. Is Paul happy? There's sin in the church? No, he's very upset about sin in the church. Which also means God is upset about sin in the church. I am upset about sin in the church, right? When I find out, I'm like, hello? Hmm. No, the church should be filled with real True holiness. I'm not talking fake holiness. Hello? You, you go to, just say, liturgical churches. The holy man of God. Uh, well, we found out a few things about a lot of the holy men of God, haven't we? Has there been some sexual immorality in churches? Oh, oh. You could tell stories for weeks about sexual immorality in churches. Well, and I'm talking by leadership, right? I, 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 that is fake. Fake holiness. No, the church should have real holiness. Real purity, the real deal, authentic Christianity. And if you find it's not that way, oh. Hello? I want the real deal. You want the real deal? We should have the real deal, not fake. Real, real purity, real holiness, real, real, real. Hallelujah. Let's look at James. If you, want to, if you want to get smacked in the face, just read the book of James, right? Woo! Woo! 
And people, you know, like I said earlier, the, 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 the fluffy Jesus. Well, you read James, you're like, ooh, Jesus ain't so fluffy anymore. <laughs> Hello? Read the, book, read the book of Revelation. Whoa. James 4.4, 4, adulterers and adulteresses. Guess who he's writing to? <laughs> the church. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain? Don't you love that? He's like, <laughs> I've said that in different ways. <laughs> or do you think the verse says this for nothing? Or do you think the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. But he gives more grace. Thank God. Therefore, he says, right? There's more grace. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil. Resist sin. And he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Who's he talking to? Church members. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Verse 9. Lament and mourn. What did Paul say? Mourn. Mourn over your sin. Mourn. You're supposed to be in mourning about this, not arrogant. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into to mourning and your joy to gloom. Oh, wow. Ooh, you won't hear this in church much. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Oh, I love James. <laughs> he, he, the tone... The tone of his writing is, I am so sicker, sick and tired of lying Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Did you get that? His whole, his whole thing is, I am so sick of hearing this stuff. <laughs> Whew. He laid it out, right? He laid out the truth. He, he didn't mess around. Well, James calls people in the church adulterers. And what did he say? Adultery is friendship with the world. In fact, any sin is friendship with the world. And a front, he says a friend of the world is enemy of God. What verse that was? That was back up. That was back up. That was verse uh, uh, four. Friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And he says to lament and mourn when we find sin. Right? In our midst, we lament and mourn. We don't laugh about sin. We get gloomy about sin. Hello? Get gloomy. If there's one thing we need to get gloomy about, it's when we find sin. Hello? My mic on? <laughs> we need to humble ourselves. Amen? When we commit sin. He says, humble yourself. Humble yourself. Repent. Jesus, if you read the book of Revelation, you'll find out in the first four chapters over and over, repent, 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 repent. Yep. Repent. When you find out something's wrong, that's what he points out in the book of Revelation. He says, you're not doing this right. You, you, no, no, stop it. Stop it. 
I'll find one real quick here. Nevertheless, I have this against you. Revelation 2, 4. I have this against you that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Oh, the fluffy Jesus. The fluffy Jesus right there. The fluffy Jesus. He says, no. He says, remember from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Or else I'm coming. I'm going to remove your lampstand. Whoo. That's the real Jesus. You don't hear much about the real Jesus. That's the real Jesus. So what do we do when we find sin? We humble ourselves. We don't get happy about it. We don't get arrogant. We don't get puffed up. As Paul said, why are you puffed up about sin in your midst? We don't get happy. We get sad. Look at Psalm 119. Verse 11. Very, very famous verse. Psalm 119, 11, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Might not, right? Might not. We don't want to sin at all, right? Against God. What do we do? We find out what he wants. And we do it. Hello? We find out what he wants and we do it, right? We, we do it. Because if we're not doing what he wants, we're sinning against God. Hmm. We should not wait another minute. What? To do his will. We shouldn't wait another minute. We shouldn't wait another minute to stop sinning. I'm working on it, brother. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Five years later, I'm still working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. We shouldn't wait another minute to get things right. Hello? We don't wait another minute to run away from the devil. Right? Well, I'm just going to stay on the fence for a little bit longer. A little bit longer, a little bit longer, and it's going to be over. Come on now. We don't wait another minute to repent. Did you, did you hear Revelation 2 there, right? Repent, or else I'm going to have to come and remove your lampstand. So many Christians put up with sin in their life. They put up with it. They put up with it. And what happened was the devil came in and lied to them and they believed it. They lied. Or the devil lied. They believed it. They believed a lie. And what happens when we believe a lie? Ooh, we get more delusional. And more delusional. And more delusional. And pretty soon we can't see nothing. Because we are completely self Deceived, which again is James. He said it. You're deceiving yourself. You just won't do what he said to do. You are deceived and now you're deceiving yourself. And you're getting darker and darker instead of lighter and lighter. I'm here to tell you today it matters what we do. It matters. Sin matters. That's what I'm saying today. Griffin. He's, he's working. What are you saying today, BV? I'm saying sin still matters to God. 
it still matters. God did not call us to sin as Christians. He called us to holiness. He called us to purity. And yes, 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 we still mess up as Christians. I know that's coming up in people's thoughts. Yes, yes, you mess up. Well, I mess up. But what do we do when we mess up? We repent. Humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. And he can lift you up. But we must never take the, sand, the stand that sin doesn't matter. Now that I'm saved, it just doesn't matter anymore. Sin should be a heavy, heavy thing to an authentic Christian, right? We should not say, oh, well. I lied. I committed adultery. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm okay. You know, most of the time I'm a pretty good person. No, that is not the stance to take. We immediately say, God, forgive me. I repent of that. Amen. Come on. We should put our face in the carpet. Put our face in the carpet and repent when we sin. If you've never put your face in the carpet, you're missing out. And you don't understand the heaviness of sin. Right? Why, why does he talk? Why do they? Why, do, why does Paul and James talk about mourning, being in gloom? Because it's heavy. Sin is not good, any way, shape, or form. It is not good. Well, you know, it's just a little white lie. It can't hurt too much. No, it's not good. It's not good at all, any way. You cannot. You cannot biblically make any any type of sin good in any way. Not biblically. You can you can use your human reasoning all you want. But biblically speaking, every sin is disgusting. Hello? Sin is what caused the crucifixion of Jesus, our Lord. He became sin for us. Right? He became sin for us. Why did he have to be crucified? Because we were full of sin. And sin is putrid. God God had to come down here and take on sin. Sin is disgusting. Unrepented sin is disgusting. Well, it just doesn't matter. Oh, well, I don't know. It's disgusting. I got this quote from C.H. Spurgeon. He was a, a, a preacher in the 1800s. Amazing. Amazing. I, I read quotes from him all the time, and some are just like, woo. And this is one of them. The holier the Christian becomes, the more readily he perceives his imperfections and the wickedness, wickedness of his sins. And sin, instead of becoming more bearable to a Christian, becomes growingly more and more intolerable. Did you get that? Authentic Christianity, our sin should not look good in any way, shape, or form. When we mess up, hit the carpet. Put your face in the carpet. And then the other side of that, or what's taught often is, is people, you know, once saved, always saved. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the truth if you want to hear it. You know, a lot of people don't want to hear it. But 
I believe once saved, always saved is actually a doctrine of demons. Actually a doctrine of demons. And many people have been deceived by that doctrine. We, we are not saved through the precious blood of Jesus to continue in sin. Hebrews, I won't even, I can't, like I said, this is, this is, this, we could go on this for hours. But Hebrews tells us, if you walk away from the Son of God after knowing him, truly knowing him, right? Truly knowing him. You knew, the, you knew the grace of God. You knew the goodness of God. You knew the kindness of God. You were truly one of his and you walk away. There is no return back because you can't crucify the Son of God again. That's Hebrews. That's truth. Hello? Oh, no, you, anybody can lose their salvation. And the, a better way to say it, a better way to say it, which I, you know, people, uh, if you get into the words of when people say that, they say, well, God would never take it away. You're right. He doesn't take it away. You choose to walk away. Yeah. It's not losing. It's walking away. Anybody can walk away from their salvation. Anybody. And the more deceived someone gets, even if they've been in the church, and I'm not just talking coming to church, I'm talking they're in the body. They are born again. They are on fire for Jesus. They're truly born again. They truly know God. They know God. Any point in time, if they become deceived enough, they can walk away. Mm. And it will happen because of sin. And they get deceived because they continue in sin. And the sin uh, uh, deceives them because they continue in it. And they get darker instead of lighter. Another quote I've said for years. I don't know who originally said it, but I love it. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Isn't that good? I'll read it again. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. I'll tell you what. Sin will take us away from God. If we're continuing, like I've said before, you've got to stay in the light, right? There's the light. You've got to stay in the light. And when we find out we messed up, we repent. If we don't repent, we're saying, I don't really care. There's the light, right? Stay in the light. Yeah, but I don't, yeah. Eh, it's not that a big deal. It's not that big a deal. It's just not that, it's not that big a deal. I told another lie. It's not that big a deal. It's not that big a deal. I'm just, I, I have to lie. I have to lie. It's not that big a deal. There's the light. Look where I'm at. Oh, it matters. Oh, it matters. If left unchecked, if sin, if left unchecked, will cause us to miss heaven. Why? Because we left him. He didn't leave us. We walked away from him. He didn't walk away from us. We got deceived and we walked away. I heard a story for years. Mister, I followed for years. He's now gone into heaven. But he, he told the story of how this woman in the church was <laughs> prayed in tongues on fire for Jesus, serving in the church on fire for the Lord, gets involved with a guy who's not so hot and definitely not on fire for Jesus. She doesn't show up at church for several weeks. He goes to her house, knocks on the door. He says, where have you been? What happened? Why haven't you been in the meeting of the body? She said, I don't want anything to do with your God. I want anything to do with your Jesus. Leave me alone. Boom. Walked away. Knew the light, knew Jesus, knew him, 
walked away from him. God didn't walk away from her. Hello? Got involved in the wrong area and got deceived. So today I ask you to judge yourself, right? We're judging ourselves. If you find any sin in your midst, in your life, if you find any sin, repent. Don't say it's okay. Hello? Repentance should be normal for the authentic Christian. I saw a church the other day, and I'd never heard about it before. I've never seen it before. But they said, I heard, and I, they said, well, we're having a, a repentance service today. I said, I like that. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about probably. We're having a repentance service. Because now, and they said, and they said it, I believe in that, that message right there. I just, you know, I listened for a little bit. He said, uh, much of the church doesn't repent anymore, but we believe repentance is very, very, very important. So they're having a special service to repent. I think we're having that today. Right? Don't take this lightly today. If you, if you are authentic, if you are really, truly born again, this message should be heavy. Heavy. Come on. And you are judging yourself. You are looking and saying, Father, am I missing it in any area of my life? Because I don't want to miss it in any area of my life. I want to please you completely. I want to do your will completely. I want to repent of anything that is outside of your will, Father. Anything. Show me, Father. I will stop sinning against you. Amen? Authentic Christianity takes sin very, very, very seriously. Jesus said, go and sin no, no more, right? Remember? We just talked about it yesterday. Go and sin no more. He said to the woman caught in adultery, go and sin mo no more. He did not say, go and sin some more. Half the church teaches that nowadays. Well, just go and sin some more. You're fine. Sin some more. No, 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 no. No. Jesus wants us to take sin seriously and repent when we find ourselves in any sin. Amen? Any sin. Anything that goes against his word. Anything that goes against his way. Come on. Anything. If, you, if you've told a white lie to your wife because you said, boy, that dress looks really good on you, honey. <laughs> Repent. <laughs> Amen? Right? I mean, really, that's a white lie, right? And most people would say that's absolutely fine because you do not want to get in a fight with your wife. No, no, be honest, right? If you don't like the dress, be honest. Say, I, you know, honey, I... I love you, but I, that dress, I really don't love the dress. It's not, it just doesn't look great on you. I'm sure you can find something that looks better on you. That's kind, isn't it? That's loving. Rather than, yeah, that, 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 that's nice. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me, God. I just I, I hit the carpet. Come on now. Jesus wants us to take it seriously, amen? Yeah. We are to take it seriously. We take it, we take, that's why, one of the things around here, we take things seriously, right? Yeah. And we take it seriously. We, we did that message for weeks about no vacancy for the devil, right? No vacancy. One of the things we talked about there are, are 
talking about luck and superstition and knock on wood and Murphy's Law and blah, blah, blah. And I said, eliminate all of that out of your vocabulary. It's disgusting. It's idolatry. Idolaters, lake of fire. Right? If you believe in, in lucky rabbit's foot and, and lucky this and lucky that and superstition that and blah, blah, blah. Come on, you have an idol and you need to get rid of the idol. And take it seriously. I take it very seriously, right? I find luck come out of my mouth, I repent. Father, no, I do not speak like that anymore. I do not talk about luck. Don, Don's done it a few times recently. He said luck and he said, oh! He doesn't mind, I, he doesn't mind if I write him out. Yeah, well, when we find... When we find something, whatever it is, if it's, if it's luck, if it's knock on wood, if we find ourselves doing it and we say, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. I believe in God. I have faith in his word. I have faith in God. I pray. I receive the answer to my prayer. I have faith he'll come through. I do not knock on wood. I do not have a superstition that if I, if I do this and do that, I wear the lucky socks to the uh, baseball game, right? A lot of those baseball players, well, I wore these socks and we won the World Series, so now I can't throw them out because they're my lucky socks. I'm like, oh, barf. Barf. Well, you know, get your, get your lucky hat on. Barf. No. A game is a game, right? A game is a game. I love it when, when, the, when the players, it is getting windy out there. I love it when the players just give glory to God. Lose or win, come on. They stand up and say, well, I just give glory to God. He's just so good to me. I thank, I thank my God that I'm here. Come on, game is a game. It's just a game. You know, in the end, that doesn't matter. What matters is this, that we looked at this, we believed this, we walked in this. Come on. We trusted him completely. We walked in the word of God. We didn't live in fluffy Jesus land. Come on. We lived in the word of God. Jesus said, if my words abide in you and you abide in me, you'll have whatever you ask. Come on. The words have to come on in. The words have to live on the inside. And when the words live on the inside, I'll tell you what, sin becomes very heavy. Because he's living on the inside and his word is speaking to you. And his word is saying, stop that. Stop that. Don't do that. And you say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Instead of, well, I'm working on it. I'm going to work on that some more. Hello? No. No, we need to take it seriously. Amen? I have more verses. We'll go there real quick, okay? Real quick. Matthew 5, 28. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. Ooh, that's, that's good news right there, isn't it? Verse 29. And come forth for those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. 
fluffy Jesus would say, well, that you know, doesn't, really, doesn't really mean what it says there. No, Jesus meant what he said. Just like we talked about words a few weeks ago. He said, you'll be justified or condemned by your words. And people say, well, it doesn't really matter. Well, Jesus said, you're going to be justified by your words, and you don't care about your words, then you have a fluffy Jesus. Come on now. What we do does matter. An authentic Christian is going to be about the Father's business. It's going to be doing the will of the Father. Come on. An authentic Christian wants to live the life the way God wants us to live it. And an authentic Christian are going to have good works. All kinds of good works. Amen? All kinds of good works. Woo! Oh, we should have a lot of good works when we leave this earth. People say... Yeah, but you're not saved by works. Yes, I know that. That's basic Christianity. Can we get past that, please? You're not, yes, we're not saved by good works, but we are saved unto good works, Ephesians 2.10. We are saved unto, unto, unto good works. Come on, there's a lot of work for us to do. Hello? We, we are not saved by our works. We are saved unto good works. So what we do does matter. And he says those who have done good to the resurrection of life. Hello? My mic on? Those who have done good. Those who have done good. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter. Those who have done good. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life. You, you, you boil that down to authenticity. The authentic Christian is going to have good works. <laughs> Amen? He, they are going to have good works. Which, which is a good place to judge ourselves, right? Because if we don't have any good works for Jesus, are we authentic? Are we really saved, right? I've said that at many of these messages at the end. I'm almost at the end, I think. We've said, if we find out in a message that we're not actually saved, we need to get saved. Sometimes it takes a while, right, to get saved. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Karen got saved after she'd been in church. Weeks in church, sitting under a pastor like me, preaching the word like me. Then she got saved later. Hello? She had been in, in Roman Catholicism, and, and I'm not saying people, uh, Roman Catholics aren't saved. I'm saying I, I, I don't know which ones are saved. You have to, they have to, that judge's going to judge their heart. Amen? God's going to judge everybody's heart. It's our heart that matters, right? This all comes back to our heart. What is our heart saying about sin? If we need to repent, if our heart is saying, hmm, yes, yes, Father, I want to, I want to serve you with all of my heart. I'm going to lay aside. I'm going to, be an, I'm going to stay on your altar. I'm going, to, I'm going to be a sacrifice, a living sacrifice for you. That's a good heart. And a good heart is going to say, I'm going to stop. 
First John, he who continues his sin doesn't even know him. Hello? What, what, what do you do? If you need to stop sinning, stop. Well, I'm working on it, brother. No. No, stop. Stop. God expects his children to walk in holiness and purity. Oh, this hit me earlier and then it left me. So I've come back to it. Remember Ananias and Sapphira. Book of Acts. They sold some property and they said, we're giving everything to the church. We're giving all of it to you. And they brought half. Sarah, help me. I don't think you can. Unless I switch. I might have, I'll switch over to it one more time. But they, they lied, right? And today we'd call that a simple little lie. I mean, no big deal. I, I, I said I was going to bring uh, 100,000 and I, and I brought 50,000. And it's, you know, I'm still giving 50,000, so I'm good. What happened? Well, first Ananias came. He told a lie. And Peter said, so did you sell the property for this or that? And he said, well, yeah, I sold it for that. What happened? He fell dead. He said, take him out, bury him. Well, back then, there's not much of burial, right? Just take him out, bury. His wife comes in. His wife comes in. He says, Peter says, did you sell the property for this? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. Making light of a lie. Falls dead. Boom. Take her out. Bury her with her husband. Uh, that is holiness. That is power. And that is what God is looking for in his church. Amen. That is what God is looking for in the church. And I believe those days are returning. And those that want to call the church, they're, I'm part of the church. Uh, and they're going to lie. There's going to be some people just falling dead. Hello? No, 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 no. God expects purity and holiness. He does not even expect a little lie told. Hello? And, and this is a very important point here. God doesn't use people who continue to sin. 1 Timothy 2.21, I won't go there. We need, he says, cleanse yourself from the latter. Cleanse yourself from this sin so you can be a vessel of honor to God. Cleanse yourself from the sin. Cleanse yourself. Stop sinning. That you may be used by him. You got to stop the sin. Do you be used to be a vessel of honor? I truly believe we have lost a generation of preachers because many believe the lie that sin does not matter. Did you hear me? 
I really believe we have lost a generation of preachers because they believe sin does not matter. They were told sin doesn't matter. Sin doesn't matter. You are forgiven, so sin doesn't matter. And God couldn't use them because they weren't a vessel of honor and they did not cleanse themselves from the latter. Come on. Sin matters. I'm not talking about your salvation, although, like I said, you can lose it, so don't be playing in sin. Sin matters. You want to be used by God? You want to really be used by God? Cleanse yourself from the latter. Hello? God is looking for those who will live holy and obey him. We don't have any more time to play games. Hello? And I, I put out an email. This is timely. This is timely word because this is the time. I truly believe Jesus is returning soon. You say, how soon? <laughs> soon on God's clock? He could return any second. Could return in five minutes. Our time clock. Could return any time, right? I believe we are in the last days. It, that's prophetically there. It's prophetically there all throughout Scripture. It, you can see it in the world. You can see what's happening. You can see the book of Revelation coming to pass right before our eyes. We are in the last days. We are nearing the return of Jesus. Do not be caught in sin when Jesus hits the clouds. When Jesus hits those clouds, you do not want to be found in any sin. Hello? Well, it doesn't matter. <sighs> it matters. It matters. The wise virgins were wise for a reason. The foolish virgins were foolish for a reason. If you don't think this matters today, you are in the foolish camp. You say it doesn't matter. Hello? What does God expect? God expects us to stop sinning. Well, no, it just, you know, it just doesn't matter. No, he expects us to stop. Hey, just put on a natural example, right? My kids. Yeah, just keep on lying to me. Go ahead. No. Right? I, if I catch my kids in a sin, whatever it would be, a lie, I would say, what? Hello? You think God? <laughs> if I care, you think God cares? <laughs> That's right. I care because he cares. And I, I got to discipline my kids because I'm commanded to. And so if they, if they lie to me, I got to say, whoa, 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 whoa. No. God doesn't say no to anything. He says no to a lot. Hello? Come on. This is a timely word today because we are nearing the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you do not want him to hit those clouds and be saying, I am working on it, brother. I am still working on this. I am really trying hard. No, don't try hard. Stop it. Try. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. No, stop it. Just stop. Just stop. 
I've said for years, <laughs> I've said, people, you know, they have to go to the recovery and this recovery and that and blah, 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 blah. And I would say, we have the answer in the church. The answer is simple. Get on fire for Jesus. And you will stop sinning. I've heard many testimonies of people who got saved and they were addicted to all this stuff and they're like, I, I, I quit immediately. And it, I, I never touched it again. My pastor's one of those. He was an alcoholic. Alcoholic. And he got saved and he quit. Why? Because he was on fire for Jesus. And I told you the story. He went to Bible school and he, he gets in his apartment and he's looking through the cupboards to put his stuff away, you know. He opens up the kitchen cupboards and it's filled with hard alcohol. Filled with hard alcohol. Devil came to get him. He had a choice, didn't he, right there? Or, and he did that right there. He said, I emptied every single bottle down the sink. And the devil was saying, don't you want that? Don't you want that? You want to take a swig of that, don't you? You want to take a swig, don't you? Uh, and he dumped every single one, every drip. Come on now. Because he had stopped sinning. That's just one area, right? That's just one thing. We know, we know drunkenness is a sin. But we can talk about different areas. That's not my point today. You can read a lot in the Bible, right? We talked about certain scriptures in Revelation that say that is sin, that is sin. Even lying is sin. But God is asking us to do good works. God is asking us to stop sinning. God is asking us to live the holy life. God is asking for this church, come on, this body to really truly live the life of a Christian. <laughs> where, where people look at us and say, they are different. Hmm. How come they don't do that or that or that or that or that or that or that? Come on. Now, they, 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 they may not want it immediately. They may not want it at all. But you better be the witness, amen? Of the holiness of God, of the life of God, of the goodness of God. Come on. Uh, 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 they, you do not, do not, none of us should want, right, to be found in sin by a non-believer. That, that, boy, there's one thing a non-believer likes, likes to find Christians in sin. <laughs> Why? Because then they can say, ha, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You're God. <laughs> yeah. Right? Come on now. Now, like I said, when you mess up, hit the face. Put the face in the carpet. Amen? It, God's not calling us to perfection like you're never going to mess up. We don't want to get on that camp either, Right? You got to balance this out because then people just want to do things right by their works. No, we want to do things right because of the Spirit. Because God said it. Because God is inside saying it. Because the, the Spirit of God is speaking on the inside of us. Because we're empowered by the Spirit. You want to you get, get over that sin? Get filled up with the Spirit. 
Pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. Build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. I just had someone text me yesterday. I, I, I want to know what God's will is for my life. I'm really trying to find out God's will for my life. I said, well, first of all, you better know this, the Bible. Second of all, you better pray and pray in tongues. And he said, oh, yeah, I haven't really been doing that. Come on now. You want to get on fire? You want to get full of God? Right here and pray. And pray in the Spirit. And pray in the Spirit and get back to here and then pray and then pray in the Spirit. And then get back to here and then pray and then pray in the Spirit. And get back to here. Come on now. And, and I'll tell you what, you look at that sin that was bothering you, that was, that was tempting you, that was causing you problems. You look back a few weeks, month, day, later, and you go, that's not even a temptation now. Look at that. I was addicted to that. And now it's not even tempting me. Why? Because he got full of God. And that's, as we say every week, a goal here is that everyone will be filled up with the fullness of God. And when God fills you up, you don't need that to fill you up. Why do most people need something else to fill them up? Because God's not. And they have vacancy for something else, right? They have we don't want vacancy for the devil. Amen. We don't want the vacancy for him. We want, we want to be filled up with God. Play Rao. Completely filled up with him. On fire for Jesus. Jesus freaks. Be the Jesus freak that your, your parents don't want you to be. Be the Jesus freak that your aunt and uncle don't want you to be. Be the Jesus freak that your grandparents don't want you to be. Come on. Be the Jesus freak that your friends don't want you to be. Go ahead and just be the Jesus freak. Come on. What are we talking about? Stop sinning. How do you stop sinning? Get full of him. Get full of the word. Get full of the spirit. And stop the acts that go against him. Stop missing the bullseye. Stop continuing in sin. Because John said if we continue in sin, we don't even know him. Come on. God expects us to do this. Amen. Amen. And may it be so right here. May it be so at Pacific Bible Church. Come on, that everyone that calls church, this church, this body, their home church will stand before Jesus. Woo! Woo! And here, well done. Well done. Well done. You overcame. You conquered. You overcame that. You overcame that. You overcame that. You did it. You did it. You did it. So come on in and enter into the joy of your Lord. And we'll come on in and we'll dance. Come on. Woo! Woo! And forever and ever and ever. Come on, forever. Forever. We get to do that forever. Why? Because we overcame right here. Does it matter? Oh, it matters a lot. Eternity is resting on are we going to overcome? Are we going to overcome this world system that wants to take us right to hell? Come on. Are you one that's going to overcome? Are you one that's going to stand up and say, I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I'll do it, Jesus. 
Come on, tell them. I'll do it, Jesus. I'm an overcomer. I'm overcoming all sin. I'm stopping all sin. I'm getting filled up with you. I'm getting filled up with your word. I'm getting filled up with your spirit. And I'm going to be a Jesus freak. And I'm going to preach Jesus everywhere I go. I'm going to tell everyone that you are the only answer that there is. Woo! Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm about to take a lap. <laughs> it's okay to get excited about Jesus, isn't it? Like I always say, if there's one thing we should be excited about, Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. You get it today? You're going to... Uh, <laughs> I, won't, I won't ask for a show of hands. <laughs> this is a reciprocal question. <laughs> is that the right word? Is anybody going to hit their, put their face in the carpet today? Like I said, no show of hands. Thanks. Put our face in the carpet. That, that is a great, great thing to do. Is put your, well, what is that doing? That's doing what James said, humble yourself. When you put your face in the carpet, you show you really, you actually care about your sin. And don't, you don't need to do it in front of people. Amen. We could. We could have a repentance right here. We could have repentance. We could have put a face on the carpet time. But if there's something that hits you today, go ahead and just go home in private, in your room, in your car. Kind of put your face in the carpet in your car, but I guess you could. And repent. Amen? And say, God, I'm, I'm going to do it for you. I will be the living sacrifice that you want me to be. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, glory. Glory. Boy, he helped me get that out. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Woo, his grace is so good. His grace is so wonderful. Don't take advantage of his grace. No, no, no. Don't take advantage of the grace of God. Receive that mercy. Receive that grace. Receive what he's done and walk in it. Receive that grace. Receive that forgiveness. Receive it. Oh, he doesn't want you to feel bad about it. He wants you to come to him and repent and walk away from it. And you don't need to keep looking back at it and saying, I messed up there. I messed up there. No, you repent and you walk away from it. And that is real freedom. So many people keep looking back, looking back, looking back, looking back, looking back. No, God says, come to me. Come to me. Repent of that and get it right before me. And, I, and then you can walk free. And truly be free. And walk through this earth free. Full of me, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Today, if you have not made Jesus your Lord, if you have not received the grace of God that allows us to come into the kingdom, that allows us to be a child of God, all have sinned. We talked a lot about sin today. Everybody has sinned and fallen short of his glory. The wages of that sin is death. 
But God demonstrated his love toward us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How do you come into the kingdom? How do you receive salvation? It's right there. You believe right here. Age of 19, I believed. Jesus is Lord. Jesus did die for me and Jesus is alive. And I confessed it with my mouth. And I got up from my knees and I knew I had been changed on the inside. I knew God had come to live on the inside. I knew, I knew I had been changed forever. And I knew it was not a fake. It was not it was not a fake. It was authentic. And I knew something was totally different. I couldn't give you all the words. I couldn't give you the scriptures. I couldn't give you the new creation words. I couldn't give you the righteousness of God words. I couldn't give you any of that. But I knew I was changed by God. And anybody who wants to come to Jesus can come to Jesus. Anybody who wants to be born again, who wants to have their spirit connected to God again, sin has cut us off from God completely. And when you're in sin, you're in Adam still. When you're in Christ, you are washed of all sin. And we talked a lot about when we mess up as a Christian, what we do. But if you are in sin in Adam still, your place is in the lake of fire because you have missed the answer. You have rejected the answer. And today, if you want to receive that answer, whether you're here, whether you're online, if you want to receive the answer for salvation, the answer for eternal life, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. And Jesus did not lie, as we've said many times today. Jesus was not joking around. He said, I am the way. And you're not going to get to God's house unless you come through me. So if that's you today, and you say, yes, I believe Jesus is alive. I want to make him my Lord. I want to make him my Savior. I want to receive everything he did for me. I want forgiveness of sin. I want to receive the grace of God. Say this prayer after me right now. Say, dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of all sin. I repent of all works of darkness. I want nothing to do with the kingdom of Satan. I want in your kingdom, Father, and now I know the way in is through Jesus. I believe Jesus is alive. I believe he died for me. I believe his blood was shed for me. And I receive what he did for me. I call Jesus Lord. Jesus, you're my Lord. Jesus, you're my Savior. I am yours forever. Teach me, Heavenly Father, how to walk in your wisdom, how to walk in your ways, how to walk in your word. And I will follow, and I will be the obedient child that you want me to be. I give you thanks today, my God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If that was you today and you said, yes, yes, I want to make Jesus my Lord. And you did that for the first time from your heart. I always tell people, if you want to be serious, you want to get serious. You actually want to be serious about God's things. A lot of times we find people don't want to be serious. But if you actually want to be serious, first of all, be bold about your faith. Amen. Tell someone about your faith. Tell someone you've been born again. Tell someone Jesus is your Lord. Go ahead and just start today. Amen. On your social media, call someone, tell someone, go down to SIDS and just tell someone. 
<laughs> Secondly, devour the word of God. Amen. You got to devour this. If you really want to grow up in God, you got to get in here. You got to get in here and devour this. Specifically, start in the New Testament and devour the New Testament because the New Testament means new covenant. And you're in the new covenant in Christ. So you got to know what he did for you. You got to know what Jesus did for you. You got to know what's, what's, what's been supplied for you in Christ, in the new covenant. Right? And when you come into Christ, you come out of that old and you come into the new. And you got to know what it's about. So read the New Testament and read it again and again and again. Yes, read the Old Testament. But you got to focus in on what you, who you are in Christ. Thirdly, get involved in an on-fire church. You don't want to be in a lukewarm church. As we know from the book of Revelation, he said, I'll spit you out if you're lukewarm. So be a part of the body. The body needs you and you need the body. Fourthly, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That is part and parcel of Christianity. If you don't pray in tongues yet, ooh, get on board now because you can pray mysteries unto God, as Paul said. Be it he who speaks in the Spirit speaks mysteries unto God and no man understands him. It's fine that no man understands you because you are praying mysteries unto God and you are praying out the will of God. And as, as uh, Jude said, you're building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. So don't miss out on that wonderful, precious gift of the Holy Spirit. Fifthly, start serving in the body. Don't just be a talker, be a, a doer. Because the greatest in the kingdom of God is the servant of, well, that was weak. <laughs> the greatest in the kingdom of God is the servant of, thank you, thank you. Sixthly, worship and pray and praise as much as possible throughout your day. Don't forget about him. Praise him. Thank him. Worship him. Talk to him. Praise him some more. Thank him some more. Praise him. Pray. Praise. Thank. Come on. Throughout your day, you're talking to God. And he's directing your path. Woo. There's not a better life than that. You're not going to find better. Seventh, never ever forget when you're in Christ, you've been born again. You've now come into his kingdom and he's your daddy. Abba Father and you belong to him and he wants to get you in the right place he wants to bless you so he's going to say stop that and he's going to say do that come on now <laughs> it's like the book I wrote the first, the first book I was oh, you know what I got a third coming <laughs> but the first book I wrote I believe God said write that book and I'm like, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Okay, I'm going to write that book. Yes, God, I'm going to write that book. A few months later, I told you to write the book. I'm getting on that. I'm getting on that. I'm, I'm working on it, right? And then it was, it was, there was no doubt. I was like, I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book. Then I hit it hard, right? He's boss, right? He's boss. So when he says it, our answer should be, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and he's only trying to get us the blessing, just like we talked about today. He's not, he's not saying stop that because it's going to, he's trying to get you into the blessing. Like we just, we just said, first, second Timothy, right? Lay aside the sin that you may be a vessel of honor. Come on. When we lay it aside, when we do what he said, when we do what he said, when we do what he said, come on. 
He can lift us up. Come on. He. Make sure it's He. Amen. Make sure you wait until He lifts you up. Don't lift yourself up. Oh my. I could preach right there for a long time. Didn't I? <laughs> I've had so many people try and lift themselves up. And I'm like, no, don't lift yourself up. Let God do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You ready to pray? Anybody? Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We love you. We honor you in this place. We thank you for disciplining us. We thank you for speaking to us. Even now in our hearts, you've spoken to us today. You've spoken to us through your word. We receive your words, Father. We receive what Jesus said. We receive it. We do not say it doesn't matter. No, we receive everything you said, Father, so that we can walk in how you want us to walk. We can do what you want us to do, and we can hear the words well done. So, Father, as we've said today, we are going to do it for you, and we will be the living sacrifice you've called us to be. And our body can remain on the altar. And we will, we will fulfill your will on this earth. We will fulfill it, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. As we go from here, we thank you, Father, the angels of God are encamped round about us. We thank you, Father, no evil shall befall us, no plague shall come nigh our dwelling. We thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We thank you, Father, for all your blessings that you pour out on us daily. The Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want. You make us to lie down in green pastures. You lead us beside still waters. You restore our souls. You forgive all our iniquities and you heal all of our diseases. We thank you, Father. Your word we believe. Your word we stand on as we go from here today. We turn back and we give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise belongs to our great God forever. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to like this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find our website at packbible.org. That's P-A-C-B-I-B-L-E dot org. We hope you join us again next week.